You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. My name is Greg Rolls. This show is being recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people in Nam, Melbourne. And today we're talking to Callum and Lucy from Lockout Lockheed. Callum, I'll just uh, start with you. Can you just tell us a bit about your age, uh, what you're studying at Melbourne Uni? Yeah, thanks for ha- having us on, Greg. Um, I, I'm 22 years old. I'm a Bachelor of Science student majoring in geology at Melbourne University. Um, it's sort of because I care about nature and I love being out in it and understanding it. Uh, but recently have been more involved in Lockout Lockheed and other campaigns because I'm really concerned about the state of nature and that our community is involved with um, really nasty characters that destroy the environment and hurt people. So just briefly, what is Lockout Lockheed? Yeah, Lockout Lockheed is a... Uh, campus-based campaign of students, alumni, uh, um, staff members, other concerned community members that are concerned that the University of Melbourne has a relationship with Lockheed Martin, uh, the world's largest weapons manufacturer, one of the most unethical organisations in the world, and that they're coming to the University of Melbourne to build a lab to research technology. Um, it's, It's flabbergasting and disgusting and this concern is not being dealt with by the university. So they need to engage with us, and mm. we believe that they should remove this um, con- dirty contract. Mm. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, Callum. Lucy, I'll get you to say the same thing. Just um, let our listeners know how old you are, what you're studying, and why you're involved with Lockout Lockheed. Cool. Thanks, Greg. Um, so my name's Lucy Turden. I'm also 22. I'm studying a Bachelor of Arts at Melbourne Uni, majoring in Criminology and English and Theatre Studies. Um and I guess I've been involved in Lockheed Martin campaigning or anti-Lockheed Martin campaigning. Mm. I always do that <laughs> um, because um, I come from doing a lot of work on the divestment campaigns as well, so fossil free, and just sort of looking at those big structures and how they affect the corporatization of our universities and how that sort of impacts on the broader like colonialist state of the world at the moment. So I think something that I've noticed from my years of being at the university, I'm in my fifth year now, is that there's just so many different ways that the university is compromising its supposed um, purpose as an institution of public good. And I think it's absolutely appalling that they continue to get into bed with like some of the companies that are doing their best to pollute the world and destroy its people. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned that you've been involved in the fossil-free um, campaign for a while. Yeah. Why are you interested in global warming? Why well, am I interested in global warming? Um, well, I think oh, there's also a lot of ways I could answer that question, but I guess it's um, an issue that's going to ultimately affect absolutely everyone, and at the moment it's affecting the most marginalised communities in the world. Um, and it's very hard to sort of get some of their voices out a lot of the time, so I think it's really important to try and amplify it 
in the, our sort of privileged spheres as well and try and fight against climate change and fight against the structures that are allowing all this kind of global devastation of our planet to happen. Mm. Now, Callum and Lisa, you've both been previously involved in activism. So, Callum, can you just tell us, bring to mind, if you can, the best activism or the best action maybe you've been involved in? Oh, boy. Mm. I'll let Lucy maybe talk about the... um lock on at university because mm. that was very impressive and um certainly inspired me uh oh god there's lots of stuff last year um particularly around manus naru and refugee rights there was lots of um demonstrations that showed that non-violent direct action could really use be used mm. to disrupt uh the government and other institutions that are involved in this horrible practice of locking people up for demanding their human rights. Uh, so dropping banners from roofs, uh, blockading the border force offices. Um, these were empowering moments uh, when, we, when we were on the barricade of Liberal Party headquarters and but at the same time it was a very emotional moment because at the same time tweets were coming in from the siege that was happening at the time on Manus Island. So... It's like not much has been achieved there, but certainly we kept hearing word from people on Mass Nauru that they were very thankful that people were standing up and people were like demonstrating and disrupting because it just was unacceptable. So that was some inspiring times. There have been some big wins in that mm. nonviolent direct action as well, though, like with um, Wilson Securities contract being dropped from the National Gallery of Victoria. So. There have been some really yeah. good wins in that NVDA stuff at, around um, Manus Island and Wilson Security and all yeah. the terrible things that go on there. Got to keep it up. Mm. And, and do you feel like talking about the lock-on at university? Yeah. Or is there another action that springs to oh, mind? That's probably, I think that's probably my first nonviolent direct action that I was involved in. Um, and it definitely sort of got me hooked. Um, <laughs> so we had, oh, it would have been two years ago, almost to the day really now, um, the Fossil Free Campaign decided to participate in this sort of national campaign that a lot of other um, institutions and university campaigns that um, were fighting for divestment were also doing called Flood the Campus. Um, so at Melbourne Uni, what we decided to do is have a week of direct action. So our first action was um, we got a bunch of tents and um, decorations and banners and everything and we occupied the lawn outside the administration building. Mm. We ended up occupying that for a bit over three days um, and overnight as well. And then on the second day of that occupation, we also um, got up on the very schmancy old sandstone roof of the old quad, which is like one of the iconic buildings at Melbourne University near the clock tower um, and did a nude protest with um, Drop Your Assets written on our bodies and that... Drop Your Assets. Yeah, so <laughs> ass hyphen ets. Yeah. <laughs> cute little pun. Um, got some great media. Yeah. Um, we got... It sounds a bit silly, but it was, it was pretty great. So um, we got international media for that, which was really amazing. Mm. So it made the university start really getting quite scared, which is fabulous um, mm. when you're trying to call them out for all the cheeky corporate crap they do. Um, and then on the final day of Flood the Campus, we, um, myself and another five people all locked on to some barrels outside the administration building. Mm. And we were there for 
about 13 hours all up. Um, what, what time of year was this again? So this was in May. So it was okay. about this time of year. So it was a bit chilly. Pretty cold. <laughs> um, luckily, we had a really great welfare team that were supporting yeah, us. Yeah. Um, we got the farmer's market that we have at uni was on that day. So we mm. had some falafels for free. <laughs> um, we had some nice blankets. Um, yeah, it wasn't the easiest, um, mm. but it was... It was really empowering. So we um, sat there and shut down work for the entire day. So we were there from about 7.30 in the morning till um, about 11 o'clock at night. Um, How did that feel, shutting down work for the day? Oh, it felt so good. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why did it feel um, good? Yeah, it felt great, I guess, because it felt like we could actually see a dem- demonstrable effect of our own power. So we were actually able to see the impact that we could have when we all came together and coordinated to do some Mm. direct action together. Um, Because I think we have spent a lot of time in the Fossil Free campaign ending up very caught in the university's own kind of dialogue that they want to have and sort of playing to their agenda. But it was really nice to realise, you know, screw their agenda. We can just do whatever we want and we can, you know, get stuff out of them if we want. We can Mm. have things happen that they don't want to happen. Sounds pretty fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, I, I just want to ask briefly, you're both 22. You know, most people your age are thinking about careers and all sorts of things. And some people might even say you're putting your careers at risk. Not to mention there's a whole world of other things you guys could be doing with your time. Um, yet you choose to do activism. You choose to spend 13 hours <laughs> locked on and all the hours that go into things like that, the meetings, mm. the plannings, the campaigning. Why do you spend your time doing this stuff when you could be out enjoying whatever Australia has to offer? It is actually a little bit addictive. Um, <laughs> the feeling the feeling you get when you've successfully achieved something, you've shown good solidarity, or you've, you've got together a large group of people who are saying with one voice and demonstrating um, strongly an idea... Mm-hmm. is uh I think I've only ever experienced it back in high school doing a bit of theater there's a there's a camaraderie to it mm-hmm. so it's it's I think it's actually quite healthy for humans to uh do this kind of thing and realize their strength and mm-hmm. um and then there's also the elements of just it you feel like you're d- contributing to a better world rather than a worse one and that's mm-hmm. that's that's better than than uh, I don't know what young people these days do. But. <laughs> Who does? I don't know either. <laughs> We're in a bubble. <laughs> what about you, Lucy? What are you? Yeah, I mean, I think Callum kind of hit the nail on the head for me there as well. Um, yeah, it's really addictive in a very healthy way, of course, a very wholesome way. Um, but it is just really empowering. I think a lot of young people and I think a lot of people in this capitalist society that we live in feel really... Um, disempowered and really disenfranchised and disconnected from each other and from the things that are going on in our in our nation and our country and all this stuff. Um, but I think it really lets us all sort of get in tune with what's going on and feel like we can actually change things and work towards creating a better world and creating alternatives to the dodgy system that we have in place. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, what uh, this radio show is all about. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's people, long-term listeners to this show who maybe have heard all about all the activism that's connected to the Radioactive show, who might be a little bit scared to move out of their boxes or a little bit, like, unsure, why should they get involved in any campaign? Mm. 
Um, We've already covered li- that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a, there's a long list of reasons, I mm. suppose. Give us give us the top answer before we put, go to a song. Top answer. Um, Why not? Like, yeah, there there's, you go. I mean, other than like, I mean, always there's going to be accessibility issues. But if you're able-bodied and like, well, even if you're not, there's always a way you can help. Like, even if it's something really small, there's always a way you can assist with an action, whether it's, you know, just like helping out on social media, doing like running the Twitter account or something, or whether it's, you know, being there to provide food for people or whether it's, you know, being a welfare officer or a security liaison and just like helping out on the sort of sidelines rather than being a part of the direct action. I think there's always some way to get involved in campaigning that you can sort of get in on at your level and there's always going to be a way to help out, even if it's something that seems really small. Mm, yeah, it's the small mm. things. Okay, you're listening to the Radioactive Show. We're going to have a quick song now. This is Low Key with Keep Your Hand on Your Gun. And that was Low Key with Keep Your Hand on Your Gun. And you're listening to the Radioactive Show broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. And today I'm talking with Lucy and Callum, who are students at Melbourne University. And we're talking all things Lockheed Martin. So uh, I'll just ask the brief question about the um, Disarm Universities campaign before we get to our friends at Lockheed Martin. What 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 is the Disarm Universities campaign? Well, it's a campaign that's being run across the country um, by a bunch of really keen peace activists and anti-militarism activists, both students and people who've been around for a really long time and have a lot of experience um, campaigning on these kind of issues. So we've got bunch of people in Victoria and Sydney, up in Canberra and up all the way to Queensland, all trying to work on different sort of institutional connections with huge um, military organisations like Lockheed Martin. So quite recently there was um, a deal made between a bunch of universities and some weapons manufacturers, our favourite friends. I think it was 39, yeah, 39 different universities signed on to um, basically have an understanding with these weapon companies that they would provide research labs, I believe, there and um, have some kind of partnership with them. So um, there's been a fair bit of work done at Sydney University as well on this in particular, but we're all sort of trying to get all these deals to be ripped up, basically. So there's a big push in Australia at the moment where arms companies are partnering up with universities. Yeah. And there's a national campaign to try and stop this. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Cool. So, uh, Callum, do you just want to tell us a little bit about Lockheed Martin? Yeah. Who, the, who they are. The organisation we keep mentioning. Yeah. Uh, well, Lockheed Martin is the world's largest weapons manufacturer. They make $36 billion a year, which accounts for 80% of their proceeds from selling weapons and armaments and jet fighters and other things. They sell to a whole bunch of different um, co- uh, countries. Australia's one. The United States is another. They use their weapons for their um, imperialism overseas and for the protection of oil. For instance, Lockheed Martin is uh, had some lobbyists during 2003 involved in the decision to go back into Iraq. Mm. Um, mm. which turned out there wasn't weapons of mass destruction, so uh, <laughs> it must have been for the oil. Um, but also they sell to, for instance, Israel, which then turn around and use the weapons in uh, Palestine. 
they also sell to Saudi Arabia, which at the moment is keeping up a blockade and bombing war with the Houthi rebels in Yemen uh, in UN-declared war crimes, bombing mm. hospitals and schools, de- depriving people of water. And it's Lockheed Martin and BAE weapons that are being used for um, that disgusting um, human rights violation. Mm. BAE Systems is um, British Aeronautical Engineering. Engineering. Yeah. 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 Also with a relationship with the University of Melbourne. They signed a Memorandum (laughs) of Understanding last year. Yeah, an understanding to kill, crush, murder, destroy anyone who gets in their way, I guess. Yeah. Effectively. (laughs) They were were going... uh, British Aeronautical Engineering were applying for a... Um, money from the federal government to build armed reconnaissance vehicles at Fisherman's Bend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't get that contract, so it doesn't seem that the lab will be going ahead. But the university were happy to collaborate on the building of these tanks. Mm, and Fisherman's Bend is a suburb close to the city of Melbourne, just for the uh, national listeners. And uh, there was a big uproar in the Victorian media when these uh, tanks were you know, being built in Queensland. So there's this whole thing around weapons and money. For instance, when the Korean peace deal, Lockheed Martin shares mm. absolutely yeah. crashed, mm. which is something to bear in mind. So what is Lock- Lockheed Martin doing at the University of Melbourne? It's a very good question because <laughs> yeah. they are keeping us in the dark on purpose, which is always a sign of doing something very dodgy. Yeah. Um, basically, at the end of 2016, they um, a press release came out that said, Melbourne University and Lockheed Martin would be collaborating on a research lab for postgraduate students. Initially, it was going to be in a place called the Colton Connect Initiative, which is a space that the university owns, which is sort of just across the road from their main campus. And until very recently, it was sort of a community space um, that did a lot of like teaching programs and cooking programs and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That is now going to be some kind of research facility um, we are not 100% sure if, because they're keeping everyone in the dark, they haven't released almost anything publicly in the last year or so. Mm. Um, we're not sure if it's going to be in that space because they're building something there or if it's going to be in this new engineering precinct, which is in Fisherman's Bend. Um, mm. Yeah. And how, how's it gone trying to talk to the university about these things, asking the university for information exactly what's happening there? Has there been any attempts made or any progress made? Oh, there's been plenty of emails from our end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Lockout Lockheed as a campaign has not received any reply to our attempts to talk with the university. Uh, there was a meeting with the Medical Association Prevention of War um, where as, uh, like, uh, essentially from what I've read of what went down in that meeting, it was uh, dodging questions, uh, denying that uh, the university seems set to deny that they are going to be used for offensive mm. weapons. Mm. How you distinguish <laughs> between offensive and defensive <laughs> technologies is a question that uh, they didn't get into. Mm. Um, so we better be, when we get when we drag the University of Melbourne into the public light to discuss this, mm. uh, that we better be prepared to talk about how. The technologies, the artificial intelligence that they're claiming this lab might be involved in, the computer technologies in the hands of Lockheed Martin will be used for drone programs Mm -hmm. and um, increasing the 
prevalence of bombing mm. overseas. There's there's also talk in one of the press releases earlier released mm. that they are going to be conducting surveillance research there. Mm. Uh, I believe one of the press releases boasted about you know information, information, information is the yeah. new frontier, and we're going to how how respond to that? <laughs> yeah, well, um, Lockheed Martin. Uh, I forgot which year. I think it was 2011 or so. Uh, merged with a company called Lidos, which is mm-hmm. the um, largest American surveillance company. So we now have the largest surveillance company and the largest weapons <laughs> manufacturer in one-stop one shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and most people don't know this, but Lidos actually have all well, they did until they merged with Lockheed Martin. Mm. They've got a big uh, warehouse out near uh, Dandenong, which. Mm. Um, mm. No one really knows what they're doing, but hello to all my friends at Lidos. I haven't seen you. <laughs> good, to see, good to talk to you again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, these terrible things are going to be studied, and it's obviously the priority of the University of Melbourne is to build this lab at the same time as it's claiming to be so, you know, trying to solve the problems of global warming and global hunger and mm. refugees and all these terrible things that war causes. How does it feel for you two as students at University of Melbourne? Uh, this is where you're studying – What's your emotional response to this? I mean, I think the more I learn about the corporatization of unis and Melbourne University in particular, beneath its shiny facade, the more betrayed I think I start to feel. Um, the hypocrisy is just so, so intense. Um, they're constantly harping on about how sustainable they are because they have a bunch of solar panels, um, whilst also you know investing in making war in other countries and creating refugee crises, which then lead to global warming and a whole bunch of other serious issues um, that are just undermining, like, basically the fabric of our society and any chance at peace and happiness that we have. Um, So it's, I think, a really big feeling of betrayal that they're sort of investing in these companies and these um, corporations that are actively trying to destroy our futures mm-hmm. when they're meant to be educating us to help provide for our futures and help make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Disgust. Mm-hmm. Um, as a scientist, it, I've, I've always loved the idea of searching for truth and to have come to university and find that the vast majority of the research that goes on is for corporations to profit and then these corporations to be this uh, unethical, this just morally devoid, uh, is has been a shock. Mm-hmm. I, I've always, yeah, the search for truth and for ways that we can improve society and you know, build things mm-hmm. for social good should be the focus of science. But yet fossil fuel companies, weapons manufacturers get the attention of um, surveillance companies, companies that can do things with um, people's data. It's these, where the money is. Yeah, <laughs> these people get the focus of our universities, our tertiary mm-hmm. institutions, and renewable energy or just any kind of, um, even like, say, like a biomedical research or something, is they struggle to get grant money. Mm-hmm. It is It is backward. Okay. We're just about out of time. I just want to ask briefly for listeners to the show who might want to get involved and may not be students either in Melbourne or nationally, uh, what are you looking for from non-student friends who want to keep uh, weapons manufacturers out of universities? Mm. What what do you need? How can they get involved? Well, you don't need to be a student to come and help out with any of the campaigns that are happening. We've got a lot of people involved in 
not just the Lockout Lockheed campaign, but also with all the other sort of Disarm Unis campaigns who aren't students or alumni of universities, but just care passionately about it. I think the best way to probably get involved is um, maybe have a look at our Facebook page and chuck mm. us a message. Um, we don't really have, we don't have a, we do have a Disarm Unis page. Yes. Mm. Um, Sitting fairly quiet at the moment until we start to launch the campaign. Yeah, um, but you can search for it. But yeah, it's there. It's on Facebook. Um, yeah, we'll put the links up to the show. Yeah, that will be oh, fantastic. Podcast at three uh, cr dot org dot au forward slash radioactive. You'll be able to find the link there in the same week the show is broadcast and afterwards. Um, Lucy and Calum, these are very important issues. Thank you so much for giving up your time to come in and talk to us mm-hmm. today. Thanks for having us, Greg. Thank Thanks you, Greg. So much. Uh, You've been listening to the Radioactive Show, recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people in Nam, Melbourne, and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. If you'd like to hear a podcast of the show, you can head to 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. Get a healthy dose of anti-nuclear, peace and sustainability issues on the Radioactive Show. 10 a.m. Saturdays on 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial.